podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Chauvin. He's done it! Hello everybody and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub Podcast. My name is Damon and with me I have the Woodrow Woody. Uh, We're back for another week. (laughs) Christmas is almost here but not quite. Not quite mate and I'm just uh, in the process of finishing up my Christmas shopping. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Have you, are you getting me anything? Cause I don't know if I'm getting you anything. Piss off, mate! I'm not getting, <laughs> I'm getting you anything. <laughs> it depends who you got for Chris Greenwood. Uh, yeah, you might have me, but I don't. I don't. You don't. You don't. All right. Well, you've just told the world that you've ruled out one person. <laughs> and by world, I mean like the eight people we're in it with. But yeah, it'll it, be. But I'm keen when we. I've got a few funny ones up my sleeve, so it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting uh, showcase. Okay, Kringle. I'm very keen. We'll definitely be discussing it in maybe two weeks when we exchange gifts with uh, <laughs> our little group of mates. But you have know, you got me? No, I don't. I don't have you. Okay. I, uh, you, you'll be happy with who I have based on the gift that it allows me to get. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. um, I mean, if I had you, I'd probably get you like I don't know something to do with like football. I, I, well, I don't know. What could I get podcast related? Actually, I don't want to discuss it because that means next year when I do get you, I can't get you. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, though, it's it's a Tuesday here mm. in Melbourne, Australia, and that means that we had the Champions League draw last night, and Europa, more importantly, the Europa League draw last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so there were some huge, huge clashes, to be honest. We had, I think, Liverpool uh, go to Madrid against Atletico, so that should be a big one. My favourite is Man City, Real Madrid. No, 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 no. I am... I reckon I am the most excited for Tottenham versus Leipzig. Mourinho is making his return to the Champions League. Yeah. And my man, Timo Werner, you know, my, I have a serious affinity for Timo, <laughs> Timo Werner in the last few years. Um, he's going to be representing the, the great RB, um, RB Leipzig, in their first Champions League round of 16 qualification berth. So I'm pretty keen to see if that can be the movers and shakers. There's actually been a lot of controversy, believe it or not, about RB Leipzig. Yeah, um, I've definitely heard about this. A few, um, yeah. like, if you ask German football fans in general, they're mixed opinions. Yeah, they have a them. really interesting story and I'd love to highlight it one time. Yeah. When we don't have time for the Premier League, which we never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Especially but, in the bloody December, January period. Oof, it's nuts. Although nuts. they're actually bringing a break, aren't they? I, yeah, think I think they are. Next season. Next season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, good. maybe we'll get a get a bit of a break and refresh and <laughs> come back even stronger with a wet sail. 
<laughs> overuse of the term, mate. Yeah, I was proud of it once. I got to stop you. Stop using it now. <laughs> In all seriousness, they're like, you're not you're not looking forward to Dortmund PSG. Can they bounce uh, back? No, it'd be good. Good game. Dortmund are always, you know, top two in the um, in the Bundesliga and Paris, like Paris, Liga Paris. their own, the yeah. Paris of Paris. You probably can't say there's a particular uh, matchup where you're like, yeah, okay, they're home. Do you know? All right, Barca mm-hmm. against Napoli is a little bit of a um, you know one sided one, but even then, I give Napoli every sort of chance against Barcelona, especially Barcelona aren't as good away from home. So the only one I'd say is maybe Juve versus Lyon. Now that. Uh, Depay is out with a ACL. Oh, yeah, that's that's that, the only one that I can see being a bit of a one way, bit of, a, of maybe a potentially a landslide. Unfortunately for Leon, but yeah, you, you'd hate you hate to see him go down as well because oh. he's de- destined for a move back to England or, or back to a big club. And he's going to miss the Euros now. I'd be mm. very surprised if he made Shattery. the Euros. So yeah, that's... and no doubt the Dutch are going to go far. Yeah, they, well and he could have played a massive part in that. Yeah, so. Anyway, mm. let's uh, steer our attention back to the Premier League because, to be honest with you, we, Woody, we didn't have too many uh, goals this weekend. And, like, especially, the, you can't sit there and be like, wow, how many goals were there over the weekend? Because I think <laughs> a lot of teams either scored one or were goalless. It was a real basic, basic weekend of Premier League action, but that doesn't mean there weren't many talking points, was there, Woody? No, there's plenty of talking points. And Damon, like you said, only four teams scored two or above, and City was the only team to score three goals. So far, so far this week with four or five noughts. So that was pretty pretty light weekend on the goals. We saw some amazing goals as well. So KDB lighted up, which we will talk about as well, and yeah, and another 100%. few great solo efforts. Um, but I, before we get into the results, I just want to give a quick shout out to my girlfriend's uh, dad, Alan. Oof, big, this is for brownie points, but anyway, go big, on, <laughs> big, big Alan C, because he's a diehard uh, Everton fan, and and as you probably would have picked up, we are, yeah. And you fans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But he, he, I was very cocky. Actually, I had dinner there last week. I was very cocky heading into the Everton uh, Man United game. I, I probably, I probably was a bit, was a bit uh, brutal on my predictions of the game <laughs> and a bit damning as to as to what Everton would produce. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember I was watching the game with with my girlfriend at one o'clock in the morning um, when it was on in Australia, and I got this. He, she got this text. Right on the stroke of the ninety minute, and said, "Your boyfriend's not so cocky now, is he?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I needed that. I needed the win, but no. couldn't couldn't catch a break there." But uh, so that, yeah. that one finished one one. But other than that one, Woody, would you now care to hit us with those quick fire results? Liverpool to kick off the round beat Watford two nil. Bournemouth down Chelsea one nil. Sheffield down Villa two nil. Leicester and Norwich drew 1-0. Burnley down Newcastle 1-0. West Ham down Southampton 1-0. Man United Everton, unfortunately, was a one-all draw. Tottenham beat the Wolves 2-1. City destroyed Arsenal 3-0. And then to cap it off, Tuesday morning, 6.45am, Brighton drew with Palace 1-0. Well, Woody, there was, as we've spoken about, it's a bit of a basic weekend in the Premier League. And, you know... A team that we've probably talked about consistently in our winners and losers segment, uh, especially recently, but a team we probably haven't gone into great depths with since earlier in the year, and that's that's the Wolves. And you you were big on them in preseason, and their run came to an end, didn't it? So are we happy to get stuck into that one? Oh, let please do. Let's get stuck into Wolves versus Tottenham. So we're into uh, four minutes of added time. Empire Ericsson. 
Vertonghen is unmarked to place the header home. Spurs may have won it in any time. Super Jan Vertonghen. It's Wolves 1, Spurs 2. All right, so Woody, mm. I want to just kick straight into, obviously, Lucas Moura found the back of the net uh, within eight minutes. But even before that, I thought Deli Alley and Harry Kane, that new role that Harry Kane's playing, it was something that I really want to highlight. And are you happy with me to start with Yeah, that? please do, please do. Because I thought Harry Kane didn't actually have the greatest day, to be he, honest. He was with. quiet. He was, he was quiet. quiet. Just the 21 passes, 67% passing accuracy. And, you know, for a striker that's at the moment under Jose needs to hold up the ball a little bit more, probably didn't get the job done. He's still learning. Still learning. I'm not going to sit here and criticise him. I wouldn't even call him out of form. Yeah. I mean, he's been great under Mourinho as well. But I just thought on this particular day, he didn't have his greatest day. But his role change has meant an increase in form from Lucas. We've spoken about Delielli a lot recently. And, of course, Son. So, obviously, Lucas got the goal. Now, if you look at Hurricane's passing, he actually went to the right of him about 70% of the time. Mm. And that's because of the role Lucas Moura was playing in this game. And so when I talk about Harry Kane's role, obviously I have to talk about all the rest of the attack. Yeah, of attackers for Tottenham. Yeah. So Lucas, for mine, he was unbelievable. He four shot assists, two shots himself, and obviously a goal. And it, what a goal it was! It, Brilliant it, solo goal. It did earn the Premier League nightclubs goal of the week, which we do enjoy to plug. Enjoy plugging on the podcast, don't you, we? You called it, mate. You called it. Well, I, thought it was, I thought it was undecided. Well, no. To be honest. It has to be for mine. It has to be. Yeah. And enough. to be honest, if, if we post a different goal, <laughs> when, when you got, when people see it on the Insta, you know that off off microphone. We had some serious debates. <laughs> nah, we'll stick with it. We'll stick with it. Mora very uh, well-deservedly scored the Premier League goal of the week. Um, before we touch on uh, the Wolves getting back into the game and then, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. not winning it, I do just want to talk about Mora's goal in depth. And then you can have your moment in the spotlight, Woody. Are you good with that? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So, Johnny. His Johnny. name Johnny. Johnny. Spanish. Johnny. Left wing Johnny. back. Here's Johnny. He didn't have a. He didn't have a great day. Yeah. To be honest with you, and you know we're big on how many duels players can win on the nightclub. We're big on that. We do. We do enjoy people go, getting to the ball and then winning the ball. That's what we love to see. And he didn't have a great day. He just won his forty six percent. And Lucas, quite frankly, tore him apart. I've spoken about. Lucas Moura's output. But when you look at Johnny with the ball as well, okay, yeah. I'll talk about his role in the goal, but when he had the ball, he went at 76%. That's actually not a refle- good reflection of how he was. He went 100% when he passed backwards and under under 70% when passing forwards. That's just straight up not good enough. Straight up not good enough. And of course, stuck the leg out in the build-up to Moura's goal. Easily could have given away a penalty, but even then it was shocking defending. Moura skipped past him and smashed it in. It was hor- horrible defending. I think, I- if anything, could have just put his almost put his body in the way and could have taken him one on one because the wh- when he left he left himself flailing for Mora's goal, mm. which I think almost in a way played more onto goal. Yeah, he he was expecting him to go right, but even then, like even was... if, even if we went right, it would have been slim. It would have been a slim, slim shot on target anyway. Exactly. I, he didn't get a lot of help from Matinho on his right, but even then, I thought he should have done a lot better. Mm. A lot better. But a, a man who could have done a lot better, but also did do some really good things, <laughs> was uh, was so, someone who actually Cookie 
Sam Cook on our podcast, who hasn't been here for weeks now. Ab- Lost unit. <laughs> Absolutely loves him. And that is Adama Traore. So Woody, could you just tell us? Yeah, the ball of muscle was on. He was on. <laughs> the ball was, of muscle. The ball of muscle. And that's. I think that's the only way you can sort of describe him because I was watching the game. You just see the size of his quads. <laughs> and you think he might be a one-trick pony with his quads, but then you look at the size of his chest and look at the size of the arms. And then you look at like his shoulders and you just know he's a, he's a unit. He's bringing a, a lot to the table. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's bringing a lot to the table. and he's, he, he brought a lot to the table for the Wolves during the game. And so far across the season, because I got struck with a, with a stat and a figure that really sort of, I think, brings to light his effect on the Wolves and the games they play. So Adama Traore has drawn 17 yellow cards against him so far this season. With that being said, keep in mind Jack Grealish has been fouled the most amount of times. Yep, yep. And the most amount of time is by, I think, about six or seven. So he leads the pack in that sense. But Adama Traore, the runs that he makes are by far some of the most penetrating in the league. Mm. No doubt about that. That's a credit to his pace and threat during the games. Actually, now that you mention it, on the weekend watching it, it he was, was getting hacked. It like, was no, ridiculous. Tomorrow. Even in the game against Brighton as well um, last week, he was getting brutalized. And everyone was... Just scissoring his legs, absolutely chopping it. And there was a point I, th- I thought that actually like summarized what Tottenham was sort of doing to him. Harry Kane tracked back from the central striker position mm-hmm. into Tottenham's left-back position and hacked Traore when he was trying to go down the line. Actually, you know what? I, do, I know exactly and what you're talking about. And he had no eye for the ball as well. That was a stuck his horrific foot. tackle. Yeah, I know. I don't understand how... Like, Is that on the referee? Mm, I, I don't think it could be given anything more than a yellow. Yeah. So with that being said, I, I don't think there's any more anything more that could have been done. But I think a word with Kane was captain for the game. So I think a, a word with Kane would have done probably a little bit more. Um, yeah. So just man management from the referee, perhaps. Yeah, because it happened, was happening the whole game. Happening yeah. the whole game. It's been happening for the last three weeks now. And I think... Traore, it's it's unfair for him to be hacked down as much as he is. It almost plays a really uncompetitive advantage for the Wolves. Um, but anyway, we're steering away from the fact that Adamo Traore was massive during the game, and it's a game. It was a game against Tottenham where we saw the best and worst of his of of his game in an entirety. So f- for the goal that he scored, I mean, he left Vertonghen stranded and was sort of textbook how to run at a defender. Mm-hmm. So he left Vertonghen stranded, and he Vertonghen was like stuttering with his steps. And what it sort of did, because Traoré was a couple of yards off him and on the edge of the box, because of the lack of the Tottenham left-back coming back, he was marking up further up the pitch, Vertonghen's left was was exposed. exposed. So that means if he defended the channel, then Traoré would have dinked past him and no doubt would have got past him with his pace. He's the fastest player in the Premier League, not even a question. Yep. If Vertonghen defended the wing, then Traoré would have got the shot on. And that's what happened with Traoré to exploited that when he sort of did a bit of a body feint. Vertonghen took half a step to his left and Traoré got the shot on goal. And it was an absolute hammer of a goal. I don't think we can underestimate Raul Jimenez's role in that goal, though. You talk about the left back pushing up a little bit more. Mm. If you watch the the replay, you can actually see Jan Vertonghen has an eye on Jimenez well, he has to. Yeah, as well. And yeah, so when you make that run, we talk about heaps, don't we, in yeah. in football where if those dummy runs that work off the ball that leads to a goal, you can go completely unnoticed. Jimenez doesn't get a stat for that, does he? And no, he doesn't. And that, that's the stuff that draws goals. Yeah. It does at the end of the day. 
Um, but then as well, on the flip side, looking at Adamo Traore, we see his attacking prowess and the pace that he brings to games and the directness at which he runs at defenders. I think he got to his head a little bit later in the game. Yeah, I think it, I think it did, but I don't I don't even know realistically if it's part of his game because we've seen him play wingback. Uh, I think we, he played wingback against City and he scored those two goals. But far out, like he just did not. He did not. Defend. He left. For, he, yeah, Tongan Tong must be laughing. He yeah. must be laughing because he returned the favor, and <laughs> what a time to return the favor in the 91st minute when uh, Vatongan was left open at the back of the pack and scored the 91st minute winner. Traore was his direct man, left him completely unmarked, and with that, Vatongan scored. And but all credit, n- not to take shine off Vatongan, but I think if it was dry. Then it not as, it wouldn't wouldn't have necessarily gone in because it would have mm. it wouldn't have skipped quality header though I thought it quality header it was fourteen yards out yeah unbelievable accuracy yeah and he, he nailed it and but you can't help but feel even a little bit of body pressure and he doesn't nail that into the corner does yeah. he do you know no. what I mean like it's yeah. not like Tra- we're not asking Troy to launch himself over the Tongan but he ha- all he, he had, had to do is he be ha- there he had the run in it yeah. he had the run he did so it gave him the advantage but looking looking on Tottenham have won two of their three Premier League games away under Jose Mourinho as many as they did in Mauricio Pochettino's final fourteen away from home in the competition. So I guess with that being said, looking at Mourinho's fixtures as well, of his next four, he's got three, um, other than Chelsea, he's got Brighton, Norwich and Southampton all competing for the relegation battle. Mm-hmm. So if anything, the, the time that Mourinho has come in, he's got the rub of the green a little yeah. bit and has a pretty good fixture coming up, which I think will favor, favor his position as well. It gives him time to tweak things a little bit. Obviously, they've only kept the one clean sheet in his time there thus far. And we know Mourinho, he'll be... It'll, he'll be itching to fix that little... I'm sure he'll claim it's tactical. So he'll be itching to fix that tactical uh, flaw in their game, if we want to call it that. But just just to sum up this game, yeah, bit of a smash and grab from Spurs, let's Comple- be honest. Completely. Uh, I think... I mean, Wolves had close to 60% possession. I, and I don't know if the Spurs de- deserve three points. The Molyneux are a very, very hard place to go. Completely. So Spurs fans must be loving the fact they got the win, but must also be under no illusions that... You know, that's a short-term result, yeah, not a and, long-term. And it was a result they needed if they were comp- to compete for top six. Which, Damo, brings me to my question to wrap up this game. Mm-hmm. How big is Spurs versus Chelsea going to be next week? Honestly, I'd actually... I wish this one was at Stamford Bridge because it's, it is at a time... It would have been closer if it was at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, but also, could you imagine Jose walking into Stamford Bridge knowing that if he beats them... They jump Chelsea into that Champions League spot. I know it's not even Christmas yet, so. Mm. But I mean, a couple. Of, we're not talking about Chelsea too much today, but a couple of weeks ago, we were saying that the top four was locked and that yeah. the season was done because we know we know who's going to win the league and we know who's going to finish top four. The only question was who was going to get relegated. No, I, I think that I think I, I disagree with you. There. I think we said that Liverpool was locked. Yeah, no doubt, and City were guaranteed. Yeah. I don't think Chelsea are looking pretty frail and they've proved me wrong in saying the West Ham game did rattle them. Mm. And so I think they're, they're starting to show a bit of a slide and I'm a bit worried for them next week because that who game you, could turn pretty grim. Who, who do you reckon is going to get the result? Uh, I'd say Tottenham. Based, based on form, you have to. Yeah. And I, they're back at Tottenham Stadium. I, I, I'm going to go, you know, just a fancy pants call here and go 2-2. 2-2. Uh, could be 3-1 three, three for me. 3-1 three three one. One Tottenham's way. All right. Well, we might have to replay this little little section of the pod next week. So you got the job done. <laughs> All right. Now, let's move on to winners and losers. Oi, did someone say winners and losers? Sure did, mate. 
Alrighty, Woody, you're going to give us give us your winner because I'm sick of starting this segment. So you give us your winner. Yeah. So my winner this week, I hate to, I hate to do it because you don't want to the, the winner of the season anyway. But my winner is Liverpool this week, and that's primarily because Leicester dropped points and we've shooted him in for the title for a few weeks now. But if anything, I think this borderline solidifies it because yep. you know uh, Leicester dropped points with their um, draw on the weekend, and with that being said, I, I you know Liverpool are playing. Basically, in an unmarked title race. Yeah. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. They have got no challenge whatsoever. City fluttering. You know, the Arsenal game is not them being back. Yeah. It is them taking three points where they should take three points. Yeah. All right. And lesser, less, you know, they're so far clear now. It's just so done. And they'll be cruising through Christmas. I think eventually the bubble is going to have to burst. They're going to have to drop a few points and drop a few games. But I think it'll be too little, too late. Way too little, too late. And then as well, Klopp and Milner signed contract extensions. I'm pretty sure Klopp just signed four years, I think, from memory. Mm-hmm. Um, huge. And Milner, of course, being Another the year. heart and soul of their club at the moment, if anything epitomizes where Liverpool are and the work rate they pull in, put in. It's been an unreal week for He the, was there from the start, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And it was a bit, he joined the project. Un- unreal week for the Liverpudlians, yep. Damo. That is a word. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It's a word. I did challenge you on it off off mic a few weeks ago, but yes, I am aware it's a word. Damo, who is your winner of the week? My winner is Bournemouth. Now, we spoke about just before Chelsea dropping points, and the Cherries on the weekend shocked the Blues at Stamford Bridge. Uh, look, it was one of the more smash-and-grab victories you'll see. Yeah. It was courtesy of VAR as well, but that exactly why VAR was brought in. Again, we're seeing a positive uh, from it being in the competition. So... Look, the Cherries had 33% possession and just two shots on target, but it was enough to snap their five-game losing streak. And Woody, since match week seven, Bournemouth have won two games. Those two games have come against Man United and Chelsea. So if Bournemouth could get their act into gear and find a way to get results against some of the teams around them and below them, you know, who knows where they could be? I'm not saying they're, gonna, they're a Wolves or, a, or even a Sheffield, but you know, they, at the moment, they're looking over their shoulder at relegation. But if they could start getting some more points against the smaller teams, you know, that they, they probably would be in the top half of the table. So yeah, that, I agree that, with you. despite that criticism, they are my winner of the week because they'd be absolutely buzzing with that one <laughs> nil win over Chelsea. Who is your loser, Woody? I can't look past uh Moise Keane. I ca- I can't oh, look past yeah, him. This so is, this, this is this is grim. This is grim, but I'm gonna bring up a point that's also understandable as well. So in the Everton versus Manchester United one-all draw, Moyes Keane was subbed off in the 70th minute for Bernard when Everton were one nil up at the time. Mm-hmm. 19 minutes later, oh, sorry, he was subbed on. Subbed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So only 19 minutes later, Keane, who had be, just been subbed on, was subbed off for Umar Nyase. Now, Duncan Ferguson said after the game that Keane was substituted just to kill time. But honestly, for me, and I think every fan in the stadium. That was watching Moyes Keane come off and the way he got confused and the way his head dropped when he came off yeah. would have felt sorry for him. No doubt. We've said it before. He has struggled to evidence so far and has not really made the impact that £40 million mm. would suggest for sure. that he might have. And we keep hearing reports about his return to Italy, don't we? Yeah, completely. And when he came off, his head dropped. Touched, gave, you know, gave Duncan Ferguson a quick high five. I don't think he head even down. did that, to be honest. I, I don't think he did that. I, I think it was brief, yeah. if anything. <laughs> Put his head down, walked straight to the rooms, dejected, didn't even and look back. And he's 19 years old. And he's old. 19, didn't even look back at the pitch. 
Yeah. Didn't even look back. And when his number came out, he was completely confused. Like, had no idea that this was even going to happen. Mm. No idea. I can't right? remember the last time something like this happened, not due to injury. Yeah. I, I mean, it, for the for the little confidence he had, it would be stripped back now, considering he's been taken off after 19 minutes, yeah. not even able well, to see out a game. But then on top of that, Damo, I'll also mm. bring up the point that my girlfriend's um, dad, Alan, brought up as well. Yep. The 19 minutes he was on, he played like trash as well. So you're, oh, this was going to be my question. Do you think he actually deserved to be taken off? Well, I think if he was playing from the start, he definitely would have been brought off at 45 minutes. Okay. That's for sure. Yep. Because even Jamie Carragher said the same thing. When Duncan Ferguson spoke to Keane coming, onto the, coming in, subbed on, Keane... He went to, the wrong, to the wrong position. <laughs> he was supposed to push Richarlison to the left and take the position of striker. Rang straight past Richarlison in the middle of the field, <laughs> sat on the left. Ferguson was spinning chips on the side. This is not a whipworthy, mate. This is a bloody whipworthy. Anyway, he, in the in the nineteen minutes where he was on, nine touches, completed one of three passes, lost five duels, both aerial and on the ground, conceded possession six times, and committed three fouls. In 19 minutes. Right. 6,019 minutes. Okay, so you, you deserve to come off then. Uh, look, I, I think if you're starting the game, it would have come off at halftime, but I don't know if it's... For his confidence-wise, I think there are better subs he could have made. Yep, agreed. All right. Do you reckon we get stuck into your loser this week, Damo? Because yeah, I'm pretty interested... You were about to go into the next segment then, weren't you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. All right. Well, yes, my... <laughs> I don't believe it, but my, ne- my loser, actually, is Leicester City. And you know I have a fetish for the Foxes. I love the fox. <laughs> and I <laughs> And Jeez. So when I woke I didn't actually watch the game, I will admit it, but when I woke up and saw that they didn't get the three points against Norwich, I was I was shattered. Yeah. And I was all even more shattered to see that Jamie Vardy hadn't scored. And then I was even more shattered. When I re-watched the game and saw the way Leicester scored. <laughs> now, I know the goal decision review panel, whatever their name is. Look, they probably made the right call. But come on. No goalkeeper wants an own goal to their name. And everybody wanted Vardy to break his own record. How could you, how could you call it an own goal? All right, it was clearly going off target. But come on, just give him the goal. Keep the streak going. And, oh, Jesus, Leicester. You know, they don't believe in the fairytale, do they? No, they don't. And, oh, I just... You know, if you're going to bend the rules, this would be the one you bend it for. Yeah, like seriously, the some of the VAR yeah, decisions you've made this season wouldn't even be the worst decision they've made. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, jeez. I know, I'm pretty shattered with that. That's why they're my loser. And I, you know, I was so flat. Yeah, so yeah, flat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just move on. Because uh, the one, speaking of, you know, terrible and awful and just, you know, consistently shit, well, let's move on <laughs> to a team we've spoken about. F- now serving. B24 at DMV window number 7. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID. Uh, two teams actually we've spoken about far too often this this season, but we couldn't give this one a miss because obviously it's a, probably the biggest game of the weekend, and that was Arsenal versus Manchester City. 
Let's get the ball from Rodrigo, slightly later than planned, and Kevin De Bruyne breaks through. Kevin De Bruyne, second goal for him! And what a peach it was! Delivered low off the assist from Foden. Great build-up from City, and a great goal. Kevin De Bruyne ran the show. Woody, before we get stuck straight into this man, because, mm. you know, I just, I, when I watched Manchester City attend the Emirates, it was a case of, you know, the, the whistle blows for the start of the game. And look, Arsenal, to their credit, looked good for 30 seconds. I they agree. had their first I, I, shot on target I think and only shot The on rolling circus looked good for 30 seconds. And that's <laughs> all the rolling circuses usually look good for as well. Martinelli attacked the City defenders straight away. Off the bat. Almost got through him. Got yeah. through Fernandinho, I'm pretty sure, as well. Yeah. And yeah. Otamendi was shaking. Shaking. And it was unlucky probably not to score because he skipped past everyone. But there was no support for him. I reckon if there were three or four, three or four Arsenal players that actually followed with him, yeah. he might have actually been able to score at some point. I think they were just. I think every other Arsenal player on the field was surprised at how quickly they got through City. But that, that's the baffling thing for me. Did Arsenal Have Arsenal not watched Manchester City for the past few weeks? They leak goals. Do they watch any game for the past few weeks, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, do they? It's hard to look at this one rationally, isn't it? Woody? It, it really is. It From an Arsenal fan's point of view, you, your blood would be boiling watching this. They were... Because realistically, if City put the foot on Arsenal's throat, it would have been 6 or 7 nil come the end of the game. Yeah, you're, you're right. They, the second half... The second half, half was, they were not... City, City just... We're happy to take possession and, and meander around the pitch. Yeah. They were working uh, th- the ball around. The, the sad thing was, I think Arsenal were pretty happy for them to do it as well. Yeah. like That's the way it looked. Yeah, I mean, at half time, Arsenal would probably take, let's just wrap this one up now. Like, let's just blow the final whistle. Because, all right, let's just look at this a little bit more, you know, seriously. Though, yeah. Because I just want to, I was trying to figure out what makes Kevin De Bruyne the player he is. Well, we know how good he is, but... I know for a fact that you've actually looked into it. Yeah. And over the weekend, you've found a few things as well. What makes him that good? Well, to be honest with you, he's been directly involved in 19 Premier League goals this calendar year. Mm. Okay. More than any other midfielder in the world. We know he is probably, on his day, the best attacking midfielder in the world right now. Would Mm. you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. So as you said, Woody, I did look at why. And so when I was watching, I was like, Look, he's running the show and he's every single attacking play is going through him. But when you look at him statistically, he actually only went at 73%. And he only mm-hmm. tu- he had this... So that was the second worst passing accuracy on the field. And he only won three of his nine 50-50s. So I was like, if any other player in the world did that, well, on the pitch, even... I mean, let's take Mesut Ozil, okay? Mm. For example. He had next to no influence on the game. And we're gonna, we we criticise Ozil for a performance like that. And if he only won three of his nine, we'd be criticising him. But So I was like, okay, so what makes De Bruyne De Bruyne? He's had 49 shots on goal this season, averaging 3.1 per game. Only Rashford, Abraham and Salah have had more this season. Okay, so obviously out of midfielders, he averages the most. His passing distribution for the season, 32%, 28%, 24%, 17%. That is by far, by far the most diverse in the league. He could pass anywhere. And so I was like, okay, but his passing accuracy on the weekend wasn't great. Is that a story for the season? It actually, or his passing accuracy was down a little bit, but it is actually quite a good reflection of his season stats. 
But in saying that, it's his forward running that separates him from a Mesut Ozil. Or even a Mason Mount. I know I'm being harsh on a, maybe a James Madison. It's hard to c- compare De Bruyne to other attacking midfielders because, especially in the Premier League, he's probably the most uh, made one. Even Deli Alley. Do you know what I mean? Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to compare because he is the most uh, made. The oldest out of all of them as well. Uh, his forward running is incredible. That second goal, he skipped past like two or three and put Sterling just tapped it in at the far post. It's the forward running. His meters gained with the ball is incredible. It's one of the top in the league. And usually center backs have that because especially in the modern game, center backs are the ones playing out the ball and they do a little bit of run five meters. And that's why their stats aren't a good reflection of meters gained with dribbles. But De Bruyne's is. De Bruyne attacks opposition and he loses the ball quite a bit but if he was in any other team I still think he'd be a quality quality player probably wouldn't have racked up as many goals and assists but I still think you know Kevin De Bruyne is just out of this world well talking about goals and assists we saw he had two goals and the one assist but it could have very well been almost four goals and the two assists I know I had Leno as my keeper of the season a couple of weeks ago (laughs) and you laughed at me but that save he made just before halftime. For those listening, I hope you know exactly what I'm talking about because when it was when Phil Foden skipped past a few, wasn't it, Woody? Yep. And De Bruyne came out. I was saying to you, Woody, you couldn't even see De Bruyne on the TV screen. <laughs> he just came out of nowhere and went whack. And you're like, oh, geez. And, Le- and Leno pulled off an incredible save. Save of the week. If we didn't save of the week, that would have made it. Yeah, well, that was going bins. Absolute bins. Imagine if he scored a first half hat trick at the Emirates. I, I, if he did that... I can probably see City would have been spurred on in the second half. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see how they how they kicked on after yeah, that. Yeah, completely. And I think one player that's almost been the benchmark for an Arsenal team, and we look at it during this game as well because it applied as well, that was Matteo Genduzzi. And we've talked about him many times during the season because yeah. we've talked about his ups, we've talked about his downs, we've talked about his highs and his lows. But in every sense, he's acting as the barometer for this Arsenal team. And he has struggled for some time now. And yet again, in a game where Arsenal struggled, he struggled as well. So he actually failed to offer Arsenal's ragged defense any sort of protection. And we talk about how he plays out from the back. He's the first direct option. Yeah. And when he can't get the ball out, Arsenal are cooked because it leaves their defenders in some situations where they look pretty subpar. There's a point where Chambers lost the ball, and it let Gabriel Jesus, Jesus to go one-on-one. Yeah, good save by Leno. It was, it was, yeah, of course it was a good save by Leno, but realistically, Jesus should have finished the oh, one-on-one. Yeah. So, and actually ha- making a bit of a bad habit of that is Jesus. He's missed a few. Yeah, he really has, good he has missed a few. Last yeah, few I, think, I think he sort of... Uh, he sort of craps his pants a little bit when the keeper comes out. Yeah. I think. And I think he gets really intimidated because... He may get caught with the ball in between his feet sometimes when he's got one-on-one because he can't make that decision where he wants to go. Yeah, he's not as clinical as, say, an Aguero. But he'll get there. He'll get there. But I think at the end of the day, I think Ganduzzi's involvement in De Bruyne's goal, the third goal of the game, probably Mm -hmm. sums up his influence on the match as well. Because realistically, he let De Bruyne skip past him. And I think when you're defending for dear life against a, a, a resurgent City team, you need to do everything you can in your power to get your body behind the ball and defend for dear life. doesn't it, matter if you're yeah. two goals down. You should be defending for dear life every attack that they have. Mm-hmm. End of story. Yeah, and look, to be honest, you, you can talk about Ganduzi's poor effort there, and that is one thing, but it's poor man management 
all round from Arsenal. And this comes down to the third goal as well, Woody. And that was Kalasnach went down injured about a few minutes before it went in. Yeah, rolled his ankle very badly. Clearly needed to come off. And what was Arsenal doing on the touchline? I don't understand. In the in the like the two minutes that Kalasnach was down for and took the time to limp off from the other side of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Sacco was not even dressed. He was sitting there in his skivvy for the most of the time, right? And by the time bit of um, urgency required, young they, man. They knew. They knew as soon as Klasnash went down, he was going to have to come off. Yeah. All right. Sacco was sitting there listening to the instructions. What was Lundberg waiting for? I don't understand. It wasn't Lundberg. Just Sacco wasn't even dressed. Yeah. He didn't was... even have his Arsenal top on. <laughs> so they were sitting there. Surely, as soon as as soon as Klasnash went down. He would be up there with his jersey ready to go bang. Yeah. Come on. But no. I don't know you what can't was play with ten men against Man City. It's it's a joke. It is a joke. It was it was poor. And poor I moment think, in a poor game. For and us. I think almost harsh for harsh for us to abuse Ganduzi, not abuse, but criticize him here. But at the end of the day, if you're defending with ten men against City as well when you don't need to be, what else do you expect? Yeah, it's just an equation that was never going to come out of positive I don't one know, for Arsenal. I don't know what you expect. It was just outrageous. Where, outrageous from Arsenal. To sum up this one, where does it leave Arsenal? They need to sort out this manager situation. Well, we look at other teams that are resurgent. You look at Mourinho. When he came in, Tottenham clearly turned a corner, played the game on the weekend, and they could be in the top four. United, resurgent last season. All right? Yep. We've seen with every team thus far. Even Everton at the Even moment. Everton as well with Duncan Ferguson coming in. But if you look at Arsenal, well, they're still in a hole. Since... Since Lundberg has taken over, they've drawn with Norwich, lost to Brighton, beat West Ham 3-1. They drew in the Europa League, and that took two goals in the last 10 minutes to get him out of a hole, and they've just lost 3-0 to Man City. So you're in time to make a decision? Well, well, I think they have to look towards other avenues. Clearly, Freddie Lundberg is not going to be there for long term. long term. So if they're not already looking, then they're stupid. There's still over a half of the season left to play. Who is linked to Arsenal? Who can you see going there? Well, I think the only one, the big name recently that's been linked is Mikel Arteta. And with that being said, you know, he's still the... Jeez, you're chucking him into a vulnerable situation. Yeah, I know. Like. But what else can you... If you're Arsenal, what else can you do? You, you sort of have to clutch at straws. Yeah. Ancelotti seems almost destined to go to Everton. Yep. Which is interesting because I think he's been, you know, successful with the back end of a lot of teams and seeing them go down. With especially if you look at Real Madrid, he was successful with Real Madrid, but he also saw their downfall as well, which ended up seeing him go. Yep. Right? And, you know, if Ancelotti is a good manager, he'll be perfect for Everton. I don't know if he symbolizes what Everton are all about, and that's the tough and grit and the, and and putting everything first, 100% in effort and biting nails. That's what the Everton fans want. And that's what they have, that's what they have deserved for so long as yeah. well, and that's the way their club was brought up. And I think Arteta as well, I think... It would be very harsh for him to be criticised if he comes in, and if he does come in, they would Arsenal fans and the board alike need would need time. to realise that he needs the time and the backing you're financially not, and support. Well, you, well wise. you're not turning a team around in twenty twenty two games. No way. No way. With a January transfer window, which we know historically has been pretty rough in terms of transfers for the Premier League. Yeah. All right. With that being said, I can't see Arteta turning the table around, t- turning Arsenal around this season. It's going to be have to be a long term project for sure. Yep. Alrighty, Woody. Now we've got a few, few bit of time left, so mm-hmm. I'm happy to get stuck into just a small little segment of on or off side. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Damon, we'll jump straight into it. Yep. Give me your honour offside for this big bad question. Everton's biggest result of the week wasn't even the draw at Old Trafford. On or offside? Yeah, this is onside. Pretty much just discussed this one, but I'll go into it again. Uh, reports now suggesting that Ancelotti is on his way to Goodison Park. And look, we have touched on perhaps it's not exactly everything that uh, epitomizes Everton as a football team, but this is massive for them. And we know they've had the financial backing of some of the bigger clubs. Obviously, Marco Silva spent just around $150 million. I think Ronald Koeman spent over $200 million. So the players are there, the talent's there. It's time to get the right man in. And you cannot criticize the Everton board for getting Ancelotti. It'd be a massive, massive pull for them. And potentially start of a new era for Everton Football Club, which hopefully for their sake can bring them success. So big onside if they manage to get that over the line. Woody, one straight back at you to finish on our offside. Wilfred Zaha is starting to show why he was quoted so much by Palace in the summer. I'm actually going to go against very, very, very popular opinion and say offside to this one. Right. Um, but if you look at why, what Zaha has actually done recently uh, and what is calling for people to say he's justified his price tag. He's now scored three of Palace's last five goals in the Premier League with his equaliser against Brighton on Tuesday morning. Fun fact, Brighton are actually Zaha's best team to play against and now have scored six goals against them, which he's netted against the highest of any opponent in all competitions. Run with that grain for a second. Yep. If we look at what he did last season, in the 11 games he played against the big six teams, he only had one goal and one assist. Now, if that doesn't spell... Uh, if that doesn't spell flat track bully to me, yeah, that's true. I don't even know what does. He was quoted 70, 75 million by Palace in the summer, linked to Napoli, and then later with Everton. I still don't think he's done enough to justify that price tag. Even though he's played as a winger, primarily this season, mm-hmm. he has featured very much as a striker recently. No, not recently, sorry, in, in the previous seasons. Okay? Yeah. He's yet to score over 10 goals in the Premier League in a single season. Really? Yet to score over 10 goals. I, I, I... He scored 10 last season. That was his highest tally. Okay, yeah. gee, that's, that's surprising for a yeah. man of... Such big stature. Yeah. Well, so for me, if he's going to go for 70 to 75 million, considering what's on the market right now for that price, even though it is inflated compared to what it used to be, he needs to be scoring at least half a dozen plus, maybe eight goals more a season yeah. to justify that for me. That's a fair call. Fair call. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's pretty fair. I like it. I'm happy with my work. All right, Woody. It is back again. Back again for another week, and it's what the people enjoy, and I know for a fact people listening in play along. I know this for a fact, okay? Mm. So it is time for the Premier League nightclub game show. Yep, we are back again, Woody. We get a new opponent for you this time around. You, just, you need to bounce back after last week, don't you? I'm actually a little bit scared, to be honest, because I really wasn't happy with my performance last week. I know I was on the edge of a few, of a few answers, but to lose two to nothing in a five-round quiz, I was extremely disappointed with myself, and I had to go back and rejig all my knowledge about the Premier League because I just didn't trust myself anymore. I think that really came down to it. I, got, I had to just address what went wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think the train came off the tracks, and and by no means we have to re-engineer a few of the parts on the train, but um, definitely not going to happen again, that is for sure. But in saying that, I have been accused by Sam Well in the past for being a nuffy. Got called 
by you last week as being a nuffy. Oh, yeah. But yep. I think the real nuffy of the last episode in the last game show was bloody well you, Damo. Bloody what, well what, you. What do you mean? No, shut up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, we talked about this almost instantly, and a lot of people brought it up as well. That Sammy Nazri, you thought you were so smart with your silly little question and whatever, but <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, you said he played in Turkey, right? Yes, I did. Does he play in Turkey? No, he does not. Douchebag. He plays you in You are Belgium. a douchebag, mate. All right. Learn. If you're going to question me, if you're going to question me, get the bloody question right. All right. You dirtbag. I will I will put my hand up here and say I made a mistake. But, but. You can't make a mistake not, in a quiz. Okay. You're the game look, host, mate. Do not tell you me genius. you would have got it anyway. Do not tell me you would have got it anyway. Who knows? I was thinking of the Turkish clubs and I couldn't think of anyone that had what th- th- the description that you were thinking. <laughs> and clearly our challenger didn't either because remind me if I'm wrong, but no one got the question right. Yeah, neither of you got it right. Yeah, you suck, mate. All right, game all right. show host that can't even game show host. Well, I'm about nice. to game show host now. What are you now. useful for? I'm about to game show host now. So, just put a lid on it, Woody. Calm down. Get your questions right, champ. And get your head in the game because we have got Lockie... On the line, ready to go for the game show. Lockie, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, fellas. I'm doing great. Um, it's been a long time coming, this game show appearance. So I've been <laughs> up to all my mates. Yeah. I've been saying I'm going to at least get one. Um, yeah. I'm feeling pretty confident coming in. Well, based on last week, you must be feeling pretty confident because Woody copped a smacking from our last contestant, Danny. So hopefully you can back up that performance because I did enjoy watching his face that during that show. Mm. If, if I could even get close to achieving what Danny did last week, I think we'd all have a good week. Oh. <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's He's start. already stunned. He's already nervous. Jeez. Anyway, uh, it's, it's all mind games. It is. Mind it is. Games. It's like a boxing pre-boxing yeah. match. KSI versus <laughs> Logan Paul. Oh, <laughs> Alrighty, I'm just going to run through the rules, Lockie, if you're okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Five rounds. Two are named that player, two are named that team, and one is named that manager. You get one guess. Your name is your buzzer. Once you get it wrong, the other person can listen to all the clues. There'll be five clues. Obviously, first one to get it right gets the win. There's no extra time for a draw. You all good with that? Oh, yeah. Wish me luck, fellas. <laughs> good bad, luck, Lockie. Bad luck, mate. And good, <laughs> good luck, Woody. Okay. Are we ready for the first question? Let's do it. First round? Sure, yeah. First round, name that player. I have played for Norwich and Leicester City in my time in the Premier League. I'm an attacking player. I have scored 134 goals in 192 Premier League appearances and I'm still going. I am the current captain of my national team. Final clue. During my youth career, I was rejected by Arsenal for being overweight. Oh, jeez. I'll give you both 10 more seconds. Any ideas? I'm not giving any more clues. Oh, mate, the writing's on the wall. It just isn't coming to me. I'm gonna, the buzz is going to go. Three... Two, one. Nick. Yes. Steve Bruce. No. I said he. I said oh, he was, was still. Current? Got, he was oh, was still, it? Oh, yeah. was it current? Yes. No, I'm not giving. Oh, uh, no, I'm not giving you other clue. It was Harry Kane. 
I thought it was past. Of course. I said I said I was I'd said I scored 134 goals and was oh, still yeah, going. Sorry, sorry. I only heard the appearances. Sorry, yeah. that's why I thought it was St. Bruce. Cause just yeah. Anyway, go on, go on, go on, go on. Alright, so zero zero still. Next one, name that team. We have won the English top flight six times in our history. We were the FA Cup runners up in the 2012-13 season. We were promoted into the Premier League in the 2001-2002 season and have been here ever since. We had four players make the English FIFA World Cup squad. One of those players... Nick. Yes. Uh, Chelsea. Was it Chelsea? No. <laughs> what? One of the... Yeah, I'll just quickly repeat that last one. We had four players make the English FIFA 2018 World Cup squad. One of those players... <laughs> has now left and plays for Everton. Final one, on the weekend, our... Yes? Is it Arsenal? No. Oh, no, no. And I know it's Liverpool because oh, I no, screwed up. It's not Liverpool either. It's not Liverpool either. It's Manchester City. The final clue was our starting striker and our goalkeeper were both Brazilian on the weekend. And that was obviously Edison and Gabriel Jesus. They lost to the 2012-13 FA Cup to Wigan. Grim. The player that had left and now plays for Everton was Delph. So there you go. Oh, of course. As soon as I heard that, I was just thinking Walcott. No. A zero in. <laughs> Alrighty. Third round, still 0-0. Zero, zero. I've got to start making these easier. Highly competitive round. <laughs> Name that manager. I have managed two Premier League clubs, one of which I'm still currently at. I am South American. I managed three teams in Spain consecutively from 2004 to 2013. Before Nick. Bi- yes. Um, Pellegrini. Yes. Bang. Nico. Bang. Well done. Well Daddy. Done. Good work. Cute. Of course, Malaga, uh, Villarreal. I'm, from and memory, I think he's the only South American manager in the Premier League right now. Yes, and the fourth clue was actually I'm the only Premier League manager in history to win the Premier League that wasn't European. Oh, cool. that's interesting. So there you go. There you go. All right, so one nil to Woody. Fourth round, name that player. I have played for a variety of Premier League clubs. Some of these include, but are not limited to, Southampton and Everton. So far this season, I have started 41% of games, made one assist, and I'm not, and I'm yet to score. Nick, Nick, I'm gonna Theo Walcott. Yes. <laughs> yes, you got him before, but I got him now. Too bad. Two nil. Two nil. You had him two questions too early, mate. Yeah, two, you, you you had him in your mind, Lockie. You could have had... I thought you'd actually get this round as soon as you told me you were <laughs> there at Walcott. Uh, mate, you were, were you I'm, nervous hearing that? I was thinking about it. wasn't sure. I didn't want to overcommit. Look, I've already done one embarrassing answer with Arsenal. <laughs> 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 to, I, I deliberately put the Southampton and Everton one first, yeah. uh, just so you might think maybe Morgan Schneiderlin as yeah. well could have been, been a possibility. Anyway, fine... Final one, of course, Woody does already have the win here, 2-0 up, but we will give oh, the last la- last round. Here we go. <laughs> Name that team. 
We have never won the English top flight. Our best ever finish was third in 1991. Our current manager has managed a national team before. We were the FA Cup runners-up in the 2015-16 season. Our star player has left us before, but since come Nick, back... Yes. Roy Hodgson. I'm actually looking for a team. Oh, Palace then. It's Palace. Because Roy Hodgson... You're lucky this wasn't for the for the, <laughs> for the the win. I'm going to give it to you. Sorry, sorry. I thought... Yeah, no, I'm no. going to give it to you. I apologise, no, Lockie. Just I, I did... heard the clue and I was like, that's Hodgson, so it has to be Palace. Yes. I am very much in the away venue at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> And the final clue was Look, actually. It's not going to happen every week. Just let him know. Next time I'm back, I'm going to be back firing. <laughs> well, the final clue was actually Mille Yednak was our player of the season in 2012, 2013. That's a giveaway, mate. Yeah, well, well, apparently, if I give any other oh, way, giving, any other giveaways, it doesn't really work. So we might as well <laughs> give one away. Anyway, two and a half. We'll call it two and a half mate, to Woody. Got is a couple of elite Premier League indi- individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you so much for coming on, Lockie. Uh, just quickly, who do you support in the league? Uh, the insufferable fellas. Uh, I'm guess, um, guessing that, that Liverpool, means. Yeah, I'm guessing that means Liverpool. Well, as we said to Danny last week, congratulations on winning the league. Oh, mate, it's, it's too early. You know. Get out. No, I love how they all say the same. Bloody Liverpool supporters think they are, mate. <laughs> take, take the win when you take the win. You haven't won for, what, 30 years? And now you want to suddenly suddenly just take it on the chin like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Wait till the end of the season. You guys know you've won. You know. No, 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 no. We're getting too used to winning now. So something else. One, one. On that note, Lockie can wrap it up, yeah, I reckon. Get off the air, mate. Get off the air, <laughs> you dirtbag. Thanks for Thanks for having me on board. It was a pleasure. Um, I was expecting to at least get one, uh, but nevertheless, it was very fun. Um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, and I'll, I'll speak to you later. Yes, yeah, sweet. We always welcome back on in, in due course, and mate, hopefully when you uh, touch, touch up on your Premier League knowledge, we'll invite you back on, Lockie. Thanks so oh, much. Man, I just have to take it easy. I didn't want to do it to Woody. So I was just giving it to him this week. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. All the best for the future, and thank you so much for listening to this show. Thanks for having me, guys. See sport. Woody back on the winners list this yeah. week. Yeah, you... boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the biggest smug look on your face right now. Yeah. And you, you know, seriously, next time, yeah, yeah, you know, we're in a sort of situation where you have to sort me out. You're going to do it right because, you, you know, you did say a manager when I clearly was looking for a team. Yeah, I know, but I, mate, as soon I got honestly, I just got the question stuck in my head. I knew it was Hod- Hodgson, and I was like, bang, give me the answer, quick, 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 I got it. And I, and I clearly just fumbled my words. I knew it was Palace. I knew the player was Zaha, the, 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 the prime transfer that went to United for a season, did some hanky-panky with someone that related to David Moyes, <laughs> went back to Palace, recovered, worth $75 million. Um, You'd but, literally just done research on him, haven't you? I so know, that's why. So I, it was unexpected that... Cause, Unexpected because you pre-wrote the questions that we wouldn't know who we're yeah. going to analyse this week. Exactly. Yeah. It just played into my hand a little bit. Mm, for sure. Alrighty, on that note, let's wrap this one up because it is the festive season. So we have duties to do outside of the podcast. But then, of course, we are back here on... You can expect an episode release either the night of the 23rd or Christmas Eve, either or. So just mm-hmm. keep an eye out on the socials. And you can find those socials. Where can you find the Insta? You can find it on Insta at Premier League Nightclub. 
and the Twitter at PL Nightclub. As I stated last week, there's been a little bit of a tweak in the handle, so make sure you are aware of that, at PL Nightclub. We've got some really good stuff coming up during the festive season as well. We're probably going to have two episodes between Christmas and New Year. And then, of course, some special guests during that time and post-New Year to look forward to. Damo, I've got a challenge for you, and I'll, I'll save All this right. one to the, ep- the end of the episode because... Is this off script? Because I'm sort of It nervous. is off script because I'm going to hit you with a challenge, and it sort of came to me during the week, and, and I, I want to I wanna play a bit of a game with you because everyone knows now that I'm a winner, born and bred winner, after my win, demolition just then. Okay, Brand new, all right, yes. right. So this game show related? Of course it is. Okay. When is it game show related, mate? Sure. Um... Anyway, I challenge you next week yes. to a Christmas Carol-off EPL version. Uh, I don't know what to say. I, 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 I accept, accept. I accept. Cool. But I'm going to need more information. All right. I'm just, just looking for an EPL Christmas Carol, and whoever can make the funniest one and the best one will win. Okay, so are we allowed fair. to pre-record these? Because I don't want to be singing live on air. Uh, no, I think live on air is fair. <laughs> Live one here. Has to be. Goodness me. All right, fine. Done. Yeah? Well, I, I'm I'm saying yes, and I'm committing to this. You, This better not be all talk from you, Woodrow. No, nah, I'm not all talk. I, 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 I so am 100% that, committed to this Are we going to be singing Christmas carols on the next week's episode? We'll be singing EPL Christmas carols on the next episode of the Premier League Nightclub podcast. Goodness me. All right, I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually excited. You know, I, I was originally a bit like, what on earth is going on? But no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Let's do it. Come me in. I'm a bit of a wordsmith, so you're going down, Damo. Yeah, I, I know you quite well, Woody. I've known you for quite a while. I am. Yeah. I know I'm coming up against the best, you, but the you coming have, up against the best you, brings the best out of me. So oh, I'm fair enough. Up. I know traditionally you have linguistic difficulties, <laughs> right? And and I'm a bit of a bit of a wordsmith, as I said. Okay. And, and I, I, hate, I hate to see you digging your own grave next week when I demolish you. All right. Talk all the trash you want, but I'm gonna actually stop this podcast. And get to work. You can just keep talking here. You'll be really talking like trash it. during your um, Christmas. Um, 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 um. I'm out of here. See you, Woody. See you, everybody. Get ready for those Christmas carols next week. See ya. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.